0: Casting live from the Capitol, OTB Studios, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow.
1: Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Sunday morning. I am Seth Merrow. As usual on a Racing Across America on a Sunday morning, we'll take a look at some of the Really nice stakes action from yesterday, which will have plenty, plenty of Breeders' Cup implications. We'll talk about that as we move along a little bit later on. Regular Sunday morning visit from our friend Tony Kayla. We'll do a little preview of some of tomorrow's action at the Finger Lakes. After uh, having our live visit out there on Wednesday, that was a lot of fun. Uh, And again, thanks to all the folks at Finger Lakes for their hospitality. And speaking of which, yesterday we were on the road as well. Five Furlongs Tavern down in East Durham. Uh, if you didn't watch during the afternoon, I towered it quite a bit. Really nice location, a nice uh, short drive uh, kind of southwest of Albany. Got to go through a lot of countryside. So I said over the next couple of weeks, if you want to do some fall foliage uh, viewing, maybe think a, a Saturday or Sunday over the next couple of weeks and go down and you can do that and uh, stop by the Five Furlongs Tavern and get grab a little lunch and play the horses as well down there. It's our Newest Capital OTB Easy Bet. So thanks to the folks down at uh, Five Furlongs Tavern yesterday for their uh, hospitality as well. But while we were down there, we we were watching some of the really nice stakes action, And we'll take a look at some of it from Belmont, Keeneland, and Santa Anita. We talked a a lot about it uh, yesterday on the show. Um, And we'll do, uh, in recap, uh, some conversation as well. Um, You know, unfortunately, boy, since at least Saratoga, uh, I have to admit, I don't remember if it was as prominent in the spring, early summer, but certainly at Saratoga, we're all aware. New York racing and weather have had a real battle uh, for the last few months, and it has continued the last couple of weeks uh, with the that crazy rain they had down in the New York area. Last week, the Joe Hirsch got moved to this week, and then uh, uh, it wound up rain yesterday. Now, luckily, they got... Managed to get a couple of the turf races run on the turf, including the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic. Um, But later turf races were moved off, including uh, some stakes action, uh, which, again, just kind of unfortunate. I haven't seen an update uh, today. Let me see if I can quickly actually maybe pull up uh, a little something there um, as far as on or off the turf. And, again, it really kind of was... Um, coming down. It seemed like watching the the video uh, yesterday. Uh, I'll tell you what X the the, the new X uh, Twitter. When you pull it up, a lot of times you just you get stuck looking at the <laughs> X rather than going to uh, somebody's Twitter feed. Because I pulled up kind of the the usual suspects, as it were. Regarding, let me see if I can. uh, Oh, well, it looks like, uh, and again, unofficially, Mark Henning says uh, off the turf uh, today. So, uh, and he, uh, again, that was from, that looks like an older post, though, but that. Again, that would be unofficial, but we'll see how the day plays out. But as I say, New York racing just kind of snake bitten uh, as far as the weather the past few months, and yesterday played into it as well. But we did get a couple of races on the turf, including the Weya. Um, now, this was a scratch reduced field. So, again, with the, the weather situation, I'm sure that played into it. It was uh, originally six horses, so small anyway, but they lost a couple uh, to scratches. Um off of that, McCulik was made the favorite for Chad Brown and Clarovich. McCulik, uh the number five horse here, you can see in the uh Klarovich colors coming up will be. Which Clarovich colors? Because it's idea generation, the other Klavitch, the one horse who gets past here, and it winds up to be a Chad Klarovich Exacta uh, uh with uh Mikulik over idea generation, the two to five favorite and the ten to one longest price on the board combining for a decent little $15 and change Xacta, you know, a Chad Zacta, as it were. It was the uh, fifth straight win in this race for Chad Brown. Um, so he's had a little bit of a dominance in the way uh, in recent years. Tuck that in your back pocket for next year. Uh, Mikulik comes out of this with a 94 buyer right in the wheelhouse of a better performance from Mikulik. Uh, lifetime best was a 95 so putting the uh, ninety-four on there yesterday, as they say, right in uh, her wheelhouse, um, career win number five and career start number thirteen, ten times in the exact. Uh, and with yesterday's purse, eh, better part of a, we are approaching a couple million dollars in earnings for this. With only thirteen starts, it's a pretty nice uh, career so far for McEachulah. But gets it done yesterday in the way uh, one of the uh, races that was able to stay on the turf yesterday down in New York and that included thankfully the Joe Hirsch uh, turf classic Um, now it was run over a yielding turf course Um, and as you can see when you watch that replay and that was the third race the turf classic was the fourth race and it continued chart says showery and yeah it was doing something all day long but this was a fun race to watch, the Turf Classic, because so high, you can see out there at one point 20 lengths ahead at 90 to 1. And usually these horses come back, but with that lead in the stretch, you thought, what, well, that 90 to 1 may pay up. But right about here, you think, nah, he's getting a little, so high he's getting a little short. And who's coming up? Warlike Goddess, getting back to Warlike Goddess like performance. Uh, a Performance uh, and getting up late was the horse I put on top. Uh, Soldier Rising to run second, uh, So High at ninety to one did hold on for third. But um, <laughs> like I say, as you watch the race, they went down the backstretch the last time there, and and So High again was about twenty lengths ahead, and it's about uh, normally in those situations as they hit the far turn or maybe halfway on the far turn you start to get the feeling the rest of the the bunch is catching up. Well, that wasn't the case yesterday. It was so high. And again, uh, he turned into the stretch still with a just a dominating lead. And I thought he might be able to do it. But just as often happens with those kind of situations, uh, threw out the anchor a little bit and still wound up third. That's not bad for a 90-to-1 shot in a grade one event. But... It was Warlike Goddess getting back to to one of her better performances, and it really was with a one oh five buyer tying her lifetime best. Folks, off the last couple of finishes were a little concerned uh, about her. Um, she put in a, a uh, un Warlike Goddess like performance. Two starts back in the New York, running sixth. And then in the Glens Falls up at Saratoga, ran second behind McCullick, and a close-up second. But she was the one to two favorite that day, so that was a little bit of a disappointment as well. But yesterday, she faces the boys in the Joe Hirsch uh, turf and wins off by over uh, four lengths, a 105 buyer. Mott came out in 21st century racing. Bill Mott said, you know, we lost a week, so now we're a little close to the Breeders' Cup, so we'll have to decide... They're four weeks out. And he said, he did say, there's still four weeks. So, um, But he said uh, if they do go to the Breeders' Cup with Warlike Goddess, uh, it would be versus the boys in the turf. Uh, so that'll be the game plan for Warlike Goddess going forward. But she looked phenomenal again yesterday. And it was great uh, to see her, you know, get back into form like that. As I say, I like Soldier Rising. The Christophe Clement runner coming out of a, a nice uh, second last time in the uh, sword dancer and it was a good late run to get up to run second was not challenging the winner at all but did get by that early uh, pace setter favorite was rebels romance the uh, charlie appleby runner um, you know european based runner who uh, had had the quirky uh, legs went out from um, under him in the bowling green lost his rider up at saratoga as a chalky favorite up there now comes back and uh, could do no better than uh, fourth at just about one to two uh, on the board. So it's taking a lot of action, but as I say, uh, runs fourth in there. Understandable, A, that the horse was taking a lot of action, B, it's Charlie Appleby. C, I have said um, up until a couple few weeks ago in that Woodbine Mile, the Appleby horses weren't quite as potent this year as they had been in the, the recent previous years. Um, but Again, his horses, with that win in the wood by mile maybe seem to uh, be a little more potent in North America uh, recently. And typically, these Euros, when you get a yielding course, they may have a little bit of an advantage. But that was not the case uh, yesterday for Rebels Romance. Again, winds up running fourth in the field with Warlike Goddess getting it done, getting back, 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 back on track. All right, let's watch uh, some of the other stakes action from yesterday, which included nice... 2 year old action um, in the uh in the Frizette. i liked emery the betting public liked emery off a career debut for brad cox uh up at saratoga that was pretty impressive um emery however goes off even money and winds up fourth in here just fyi for bill mott also coming off a debut maiden victory up at saratoga uh, daughter of Justify gets it done. She's going to be the number five horse and gets it done pretty easily, as you can see at nine to generous nine to two. Central Avenue the four second. Life Talk uh, runs third, and you can see um, Emory the number six six horse uh, fades to the fourth place finish. But it was a nice performance. Second career start, um, second victory for Jeff Just FYI. So, uh, Bill Mott, a nice little two-year-old filly going forward. wasn't an eye-popping buyer. It was a 75. She moved forward. But for two-year-old fillies, you know, it wasn't a bad number. wasn't a spectacular number again, but a, a 75 uh, coming out of this one. And uh, so, we will see if uh, she's headed to the, you know, juvenile fillies, Breeders' Cup juvenile fillies off of this. But, again, regardless of yes or no to that question, uh nice little two-year-old filly and, you would think, uh, interesting little two-year-old, little three-year-old filly, once we uh, turn the calendar page to January for uh, Bill Mott and owner Kirkorian who combined for a nice day uh, yesterday because uh, um, again, it was uh, George Kikorian, uh owner of just FYI, Bill Mott trains, same team that had uh, Warlike Goddess, so that was a pretty good day for them, back, back, back to back grade ones down in New York. Um, Belmont Turf Sprint. I don't want to necessarily spend a whole lot of time on this because it was by this time, the rain had unfortunately fallen enough that uh, this horse this race was moved off uh, the turf. So uh, you know again, things fell apart just a little bit. The, the field held together. but I think part of that was the announcement was made rather late. This horse was uh, this race was still on the turf. Until fairly close to uh, uh, the time uh, things had, you know, decisions really had to be made, and then they, they moved it off. So again, field held up uh, to a field of nine, but and I uh, scratched into wit, the number ten. Not not scratched into with the move to the dirt. I had wit on top, um, the number ten, thin white Duke, the nine was my uh, top pick on the. Turf and makes a nice run here, but another horse I used with the move to the dirt was the number seven today's flavor betting public with the move to dirt uh, like that one went off as a seven to five favorite and gets it done. Uh, George Weaver Trainee that most of the resume was on the dirt, so the surface switch was not a big obstacle there. That again the betting public picked up on that they were correct at uh, seven to five four dollars and change for today's flavor it comes out of it with a 93 buyer um and george weaver uh this is a horse that was coming off a turf win uh just what a week or so ago a couple of weeks ago um in the turf debut and george weaver said i, I think this horse has p- potentially a nice little turf future um but he said you know this is a new york bred, uh nice win in open company yesterday with again a 93 buyer but uh, weaver said they'd look at the 150 thousand dollar hudson coming up on new york showcase day at the end of this month october 29th he said that was probably the likely start and this is when i say it all the time you have a nice new york bread, they can go new york bread or or open company you you have all kinds of options you're in fabulous shape but if you have one that could go turf or dirt they are really, they're completely rocking there. So, we'll see what's ahead for uh, today's flavor. Um, who, again, this was, boy, 50% now uh, in the winner circle. Career start number 14, career win number 7 for today's flavor. So, again, nice little New York bread for uh, George Weaver and company. Also, on the card yesterday, uh, we had the champagne for the two-year-old boys. Um, and uh, I liked in here Fierceness, um, who looked so good in the debut up at Saratoga. Um, I rode Artee's after the race, set off to a bad start. We were kind of in a jam then, and he moved Fierceness up. And it looked like, man, despite the bad start, this horse just might be something special because he was kind of passing horses out of the back stretch and into the turn. But then you could see about halfway on the turn that momentum kind of stopped and you got the feeling, all right, this is not going to be the day for fierceness. And and I rather teased after the race kind of said that, you know, we just got off to a bad start. We were in a jam, uh, after that, but, uh, and I had fierceness on top, uh, fierceness did go off as the favorite, but Timberlake, I had that one right underneath. Um, and this one was cross centered for Brad Cox, um, down at Keeneland in their two-year-old stakes race and was training at Churchill. So that they elected to come here, I had to tell you a little bit of something. Um, Timberlake came out of a nice maiden breaker at Ellis to run in the hopeful, ran a good second in there. Um, And Florent Giroux, who was on board Timberlake yesterday, and we'll see the stretch run here, it will be Timberlake getting it done, over general partner, the four, Uh, number two dancing groom runs third. As I say, fierceness, the number six, seventh in the field of eight just kind of fades after that little try uh, of momentum on the turn um, but Florent Giro said the horse was a little bit rank in the hopeful and he was better today because they took the blinkers off uh, yesterday for uh, uh, the, the champagne and no blinkers chart margin there over four lengths uh, second to third over six lengths so there was a pretty good spread first to second second to third third to fourth Uh, Timberlake comes up with 10 points. This was a points race for the Derby. So 10 points for uh, Timberlake uh, Kentucky Derby points. uh, And a 93 buyer. Solid for a a two-year-old this time of year. So pretty good performance for uh, Timberlake. Uh, Career start number four. Win number two. Puts a grade one on the resume. Uh, Already grade one placed in the hopeful. So a promising two-year-old for uh, brad cox and company going forward um also on the card and again uh by the time we had reached this point in the day they had moved things off the turf it is the jockey club derby invitational scratches down to a field of five and uh we're gonna see lost ark get it done the number eight horse todd pletcher trainee who went off as the second choice but had plenty of dirt on the resume. The favorite was Classic Catch, who also was going out for Pletcher with plenty of dirt on the resume. That one was the slight favorite, but it's Pletcher, Pletcher here with, again, a couple of horses that had dirt for him, so the surface switch didn't really uh, knock them out of the picture. The winner lost Ark. Uh, lightly raced three year old. This was only the eighth start of the career, the fourth win. This is a sibling to the very talented Nest. Lives up to that yesterday and gets a 90 buyer. So, again, uh, got switched to uh, the main track yesterday. And, uh, yeah, it, not quite like the Belmont Turf Sprint, not quite as exciting. But, in, uh, like the Turf Sprint, the winner has an interesting future. Uh, with some possibilities, and as does this one, who, again, had more dirt on the resume anyway. So uh, let's see what what is ahead for Lost Ark. But it was a nice win yesterday, but, again, in a situation that was a little less than compelling with the uh, switch in surface. All right, let's uh, switch our surface completely from New York to Kentucky, take a look at some of the uh, Keeneland action yesterday. Uh, We'll take a look first at the uh, Woodford... They had much nicer weather. You were watching them, and it looked like a nice fall afternoon uh, out there. Uh, the Woodford, I like Beer Can Man, the number 11. That one will wind up third at 6 to 1. Living the Dream, Ella Starr and I talked about this race yesterday. He liked Living the Dream, the Euro import coming out of the wind in the Nun- Nunthorpe. I, I said yesterday, first, you, if you're not aware, in European racing, the Nunthorpe is a very good race. And so I went back and forth on this one. And, and, you know, normally Euros on turf, you're always willing to give a little extra look. But I'm not quite as convinced on the sprint side. I always think maybe we're a little, we have the edge there. So I I had not used Live in the Dream, but I, I was, again, going back and forth when we talked to Ellis. Live in the Dream did go off as the favorite at 72 and winds up fourth. So maybe I was somewhat right there. And I said Ellis liked living the dream, but then he said Arzak was an interesting horse that he, he would play around with a little bit. Arzak goes off at 11-1, to 1, and it will be Arzak getting it done under Joel Rosario for Mike Trombetta. Came out of a win up at Saratoga in an optional claimer. Uh, number five horse is Arzak. Uh, Arshat, uh the number eight, runs second. My uh, selection, Beer Can Man, is the number 11, runs third, the Euro from... Uh, that win in the Nunthorpe runs fourth uh, is the number two. But a pretty easy victory here. Again, uh, The my uh, beer can man makes a nice late run there and just gets nosed out for second. I thought live, I thought beer can man might have had second, but our shot uh, just got the nose uh, uh, photo. But they were not threatening uh, Arzak, who, again, was a, a winner by a couple of lengths and... You got $25 in change for the horse that, as they say, Ellis Starr yesterday commented, a little bit interesting, and he was very interesting at the price. Uh, our shot was a horse I had in the mix, as was uh, Beer Can Man. Um, so maybe if you picked up on some of that yesterday, you could have wound up um, getting a little something out of the Woodford. Uh, regardless of whether or not you like living the dream. And, again, nice little performance by uh, Arzak for uh, Mike Trombetta and company in the uh, Woodford. Also on the card yesterday, TCA. Um, Boy, this is going to be a ding-dong battle. This was a win in your end for the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mayer's Sprint. Uh, Yaguri won the open mind down at uh, Churchill in the previous start. Uh, Wicked Halo was the beaten Chalky favorite that day, running third. I look to kind of switch things up, and I always say, you, you try to get clever and switch things up. Sometimes, it, oftentimes, <coughs> it doesn't work out, and they just uh, go the way, you know, come in the, the way they did before. But I don't know don't whether know it was quite that easy yesterday. They did come in. Yaguri did get the best of Wicked Halo, but it is going to be a ding-dong battle we're going to see here. Yaguri is going to be the number six horse. Uh, Wicked Halo is going to be the number uh, one horse. Last Leaf, who I, in my selections I had in between those two, is going to run third, and I thought Last Leaf could be interesting if you were looking for an alternative, and at 12-1, to running third was an interesting alternative if you boxed the, the horses up in the trifecta but again yaguri will be the winner here in a very very good stretch run that uh winds up a chart margin of just a nose over wicked halo 92 buyer figure uh for uh Yiguri, uh which is a lifetime best and you can see uh wicked halo there and if you have wicked halo like i do you're kind of down, down down and i feel like in front there and uh, under the wire, I had the feeling that Uguri uh, got me. And su- sure enough, under Flavian Pratt did. Tyler Gaffleyon was on board Wicked Halo. But nice race, uh, nice ding-dong battle. Uguri, again, it's a win and you're in. Uh, so you would think they would be headed for the uh, Philly and Mayer Sprint. Wicked Halo connections, uh, Steve Asmussen. With Echo Zulu in the barn, they weren't quite convinced whether they would be headed to the Philly Mayor Sprint. Uh, I think it... Maybe def- depends on what the game plan will be with Echo Zulu, but these are two two very very nice uh Philly and Mayer sprinters getting right down to the wire. Final time one oh ten point four four, and again the buyer uh, a solid ninety two. All right, uh, still some more action. From the Keeneland stakes, Santa Anita, uh, as well. But we'll take a break and uh, we'll reach out to our, out to our friend Tony Kahlo, Do our usual Sunday preview of some action at uh, Finger Lakes for tomorrow. All of that right after this. Stay tuned.
0: No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe and secure wagering platform. And best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, any time at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play.
1: Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN Channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku, try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America. Sunday morning means a visit from our friend Tony Calo, and uh, we were happy to see him in person on Wednesday. That was a lot of fun. It was a great day. They put us in a great location right over the finish line, and I had fun kind of roaming around uh, Finger Lakes all day long. Went up, visited Tony in the booth at one point. I'm going to put together a little little piece. Uh, I was hoping to have it for today, but I'll have it for next weekend for sure, just kind of touring around the facility. It was a lot of fun, and uh, Tony, we appreciated the hospitality.
2: Hey, we were uh, really glad to have you. It seemed like the fans were happy. Uh, you know, it's uh, how, how do I phrase it? You know, here we are. We got done doing our, our, our telecast. We, you know, talking about a few of uh, the picks on uh, Wednesday. We're walking, and here come the fans. And I was expecting everyone like, oh, my God, it's Tony Kalo." No, oh, my God, it was <laughs> Seth Merrow. Talk about having to put your head down, you know, just, Hey, you know what? I'm here. I am here. It's not like I'm not here. Everybody. I was like, wow. At my own racetrack too. Uh, wow. That was a, that was kind of the uh, deflator of the day, to be honest.
1: <laughs> now I have to, I have to say you're exaggerating a little bit because hey, everybody, everybody so. knows Sonny Taylor so. out there, but it was kind of interesting that, that uh, there were a few uh, f- fans of, Capital OTV that did uh, stop by and and say hello, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm always amazed. I was in the Tiki Bar at Fort Erie one time, and somebody pointed to me and said, "Hey, OTV TV." And, and it, is, it is often very funny, but uh, we had a great time out there. It was. See, uh, I knew it. I knew it.
2: it Seth Mero, <laughs> Seth Mero, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, it happened to me once upon a time at Fay Meadows. I. Uh, I, I was hosting, I was actually the co-host of these handicapping seminars on a Sunday with a, with a DRS um, representative named Chuck Dibdal, who was one of our local newspaper guys. Chuck didn't make it that day, so they put me into the role of, of hosting, which I was a lot better back then as being the, the sidekick. Well, anyway, we had some massive radio personality from KMBR 680. I didn't know who he was, and when the show got over— There I was standing around, people are coming up, and nobody wanted to even talk to me. I had to put my head down. So, believe me, I had good experience with this, Seth. It set me up beautifully about 25 years later.
1: Like I said, uh, you're exaggerating, quite quite, in more than a little bit. Uh, uh, But now now that you brought that up, I have to ask, do you ever, are, are you maybe in the supermarket or something, and you'll talk, and do people recognize you from your voice, which is obviously, like a lot of race callers, distinctive?
2: Not at all. It's, no, um, that's it, it's a beautiful thing about this part. Uh, you know, Dwayne Lucas said, "Northern with Siberia." I guess he's never been to Finger Lakes because um, I, I go everywhere. Nobody has a clue who I am, even if I start talking. And I will even try to emphasize my announcer voice from time to time. And um, not a thing, nothing. So, it's just like wow. So, like the little you
1: know? the little belt start, starts with your items on the in the supermarket, and you say, and away they go," and still nobody
2: not a thing not a thing In fact, you know it's funny um, a few weeks ago I went to a barbecue uh, we were having a barbecue I, I got invited at the last second it was at John DeVilla Jr's house they were having a barbecue for and Harkey and um, there were a bunch of a bunch of the cute gals from the backside are pony girls other than I'm like you know girls if I would have known you that nobody was into announcers and jockeys I would have started losing weight a long time ago Uh.
1: Very good. Uh, and, again, I, I had the, the pleasure of uh, going in and visiting Tony in the booth the other day and, and had some laughs up there as well. But we, we really did uh, enjoy the visit uh, out there, uh, um, Dino and hey, Shannon. it looks like you and took
2: I. all the good weather. You took all yeah, the good unfortunately. weather, too. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we caught
1: the – about the tail end of that but it was oh, what a, a gorgeous summer like day and and uh, yeah, uh shannon donovan from the marketing department was commenting and i asked you when we were up there uh up in the booth where you have a great view overlooking but with the the tree line background boy uh, the fall has to be just gorgeous up there
2: yeah it really is um it uh you know, it's western New York. But it, yeah. you know, New York in general, it's a, it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a pretty time of the year. We're getting close. We're yeah. getting close. Yeah, no no question about it. All right, let's get some ideas uh, for uh, tomorrow, <laughs> Monday, and uh, we'll, we'll kick things off. Third race on my well, tip of the cat uh, last week as well. You gave out a nice little... Uh, Double-digit winner uh, on the card last week. We'll see if we can do more of the same today. But uh, Finger Lakes' third optional claimer starter allowance types, they're going to go a quick five-and-a-half. What did you see in the third tomorrow?
2: Well, unfortunately, Seth, it looks like I'm a chalk eating weasel this week. I don't see a lot of prices. Um, you know, race three is our, one of our starter allowance races, and and all eyes should be keyed on the one fiery hard. uh pretty cool story. Last year, Wendy Lee Farm and John Buckley, Kevin Navarro, they had our Finger Lake Horse of the Year. His name was Warrior's Revenge. He won like about eight races. Most of them were in the starter allowance condition. Even though the horse was eligible for New York State Bread allowance types, they, they kept him with friends, and he dominated, and it earned him a Finger Lakes Horse of the Year. And wouldn't you know, they are doing the same thing this year. Although this is with a Kentucky Bread, so they had to do it. But his name is Fiery Heart. He's going for his sixth victory tomorrow of the season. Um, he's just been incredible. There's um, he's been he's been the best horse on the grounds as far as for the starter allowance. He won the allowance N2L, and they could have taken a shot with the allowance N3L back then. Even the allowance N4L, and you know, with our starter allowance first of nineteen thousand, there's nothing wrong with winning ten or eleven thousand dollars each yeah. and every start. And this horse has been a monster. I mean, look, let's look, let's really look at his last race. Forward motion had everything his own way. You, you see a twenty-three forty-seven, a 47 for the half. How do you make up ground on a horse going six furlongs with splits like that? And Fiery Heart was able to. Now, maybe the five and a half furlongs forward motion turns the tables. I, I don't believe so. I think Fiery Heart's just one of those horses that knows where the wire is And um, until they beat him. Uh, I can't pick against them.
1: Yeah, Wendy Lee, uh, the owner, as you mentioned, and I had Kip O'Neill from Wendy Lee on with us up in Saratoga this summer. He was fun to talk to and uh, easy to root for connections that you get to know. And, and uh – know, see around the, the track during the season, and so uh, that makes it a fun uh, one to root for as well, not just today, but as you say, maybe moving forward to be named uh, Horse of the Year uh, up there because certainly it is a very good season. Fourth race uh, this afternoon, bottom-level condition claimers. In the fourth, they're going to go three-quarters of a mile. How about in the race number four?
2: Nothing bottom-level about this race, especially with the uh... – with my most my favorite horse on the grounds, uh, boldly fans the eleven year old. Uh, what a what a story! You know, Finger Lakes has had some salty veterans. We have a we have a ten or eleven year old mare named um, Jesus. It just, just geez, she just got away from me. Let me give me half a. dosage are Mimosas. My bad. How could I forget those Mimosas on a <laughs> Sunday morning, right? But she is she she has been a runner. We had a horse an eleven year old win last week. Special story. He is an, he's he's a freak, and here's the best of them all. This 11-year-old is going for his 23rd career victory, and it's all been done here at Finger Lakes. He's run outside of the racetrack, but not with much success. 11 starts has brought him in four-thirds. But here at Finger Lakes, you have to give Paul Barrow a lot of credit because he has just placed this horse perfectly for the last few years, ever since 2021. He only runs them about four, five, six times a year. He, he, He very seldomly gets beat. He's just a pleasure to watch. He, he's an absolute beautiful, big, striking eleven-year-old gelding by Cosmonaut. Just a just a great story. Um, and, and I've I've said I, I said it last year. Might have even been the year before. I go fans. I'm going to tell you this right now. I am the biggest fan of Boldly, and every time <laughs> he runs, I will pick him. And even if he's in a stakes race, I will pick Boldly. He's just he's my favorite horse. And how do you beat him?
1: Well, and as you were talking, and said, you know, 22 wins going for win number 23. I looked up tw- 22 out of 50. So the horse is almost 50, close to 50%. That's incredible.
2: It, it really is. I, I always used to have a little um, barometer. Basically, I would go, if you could go 50%, one, two, with primarily most of them being in the, in the win column, that was something I thought was special. But what this horse is doing is just insane. It's, and it's a testimony to Paul. Paul could have been a little greedy, perhaps, because this horse probably could step up and and try starter allowance and and do this and that. And Paul just says, you know what, I'm going to run him for five. He's an 11 year old. Chances are, no one's going to yeah. take him. Who would want to be? Who would want to be the villain that would take <laughs> away the source from Paul Barrow? I know I wouldn't want those. Uh, um, I wouldn't want that pressure. Would you, Seth?
1: Not me. Uh, uh, yeah. Not was, me. Uh, 11 years old. You, you, you're hanging him up there for five. That is going to play into it. Yeah, just uh, that, that's a lot of fun. Certainly. Uh, just to, to watch that and watch a horse like that. Uh, race number five on Monday afternoon. We're moving up into the allowance. Now one is a three-lifetime condition, they're going to go eight-and-a-half furlongs. What did you see in the fifth?
2: Well, we're back on the Paul Barrow thing. Paul's having a great meet. You know, both uh, Anthony Farrell and Paul Barrow are trying to do their best to keep this a trainer's race. Probably a tough, tall task with Chris Englehart's numbers, but... Paul sitting second, and Anthony Ferraro sitting third, third. They're about six, seven, eight behind Chris. Like I said, it's a tall task, but it's been pretty cool to see it so far. they stuck around a lot longer than, than some. I think the last time anybody really threatened Chris besides his son, Jeremiah, was the late, great Dan Conway a few years ago. But Doc Advantage is one of my favorites. Chancy Shack is also one of my favorites. I'm really fond of both of these horses, but Doc Advantage is the one. He'll get the target to chase Chancy Shaq. He's been running against a lot better. That race two back, Starburst is a very nice horse. Michael Stidham brought this horse in off a long, long layoff. Starburst had had open allowance races at, at um, fairgrounds and Delaware, and came in and ran a huge race off the shelf. Uh, last time out, Doc Advantage ran a winning race, except he ran into a monster named Leo and Royal, who's in race six. Leo and Royal looks like a looks like a single also. So, Doc Advantage, a horse that I think is long overdue to break through and get this allowed in 3L. He's been knocking on it for several seasons, two seasons in a row now, and, and I think tomorrow he gets that. He's going to win the fifth.
1: You mentioned Chris Engelhart, and it was kind of funny. We had some really nice interviews, including you, obviously, and Dave Mattice came over, Todd Height, uh, nice. uh, uh, director of racing. We talked with the uh, racing secretary. But we also had Austin Reed from the HBPA. And like yeah. a lot of people, when that first time I interview, I said, well, how'd you get into the game? He said, well, you know, family kind of, Chris Engelhart's my uncle. I said, oh, enough said. Uh, <laughs> got it, got it. You're in, the, you're, you're in that clan, you're in the game. No question about it. Uh, yeah,
2: no question about it. We
1: were, we were talking before we went on the air, Tony, and you said you may have some ideas just kind of going forward to throw out on the, uh, the pick six play uh, that, that includes those races we talked about. But you want to toss anything else out?
2: Yep, the race six, like I mentioned in race five's analysis with dock advantage, Leo and Royal is the horse to beat. You can get to the seventh race. You, you know, depending on your budget, you know, CJ's Grand Slam is, is probably the horse to beat. He comes out a pretty salty state bread. Trelatt is a nice horse for Carlo Callahan. Golden Arm was a horse coming in from the Naira scene. So other horses to think about using against CJ's Grand Slam it could be the two and the three. Um, the five has a little bit of a look, but I think he could be up against it just a bit. The two and the three look like the main ones. Unless there's just a, a tremendous amount of rain, I will say this, if it rains if it rains really hard tomorrow, that mommy's Jewel has run some big, big numbers on an off track. And then you get to the nightcap; cap, that's, that's the tough one. So I've given you a bunch of singles. I've given you four races, three, four, five, and six, where you can single, and if you spread a little bit in the last two and hope for a little bit of a price, maybe you can make a few hundred bucks.
1: All right. I like it. Very good. Tony, once again, uh, we really appreciated the hospitality uh, up there last Wednesday. We had a great time. Uh, we got to schedule another visit sooner rather than later. And I will tell people again, uh, it is an easy trip. If, you, if you're looking for a little something to do Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesdays, uh, you hop on the throughway, you go, and it's I, five miles off the, the throughway exit, and it's, a, it's definitely a lot of fun. We'll also tell people, we remind people every week, Uh, free pass performances available on the Finger Lakes website, as well as the tip sheets and whatnot. But again, Tony, we appreciate it. And again, extend our uh, thanks for the hospitality to everybody up there, but we'll talk again next week.
2: Sounds great. Uh, Thanks for coming on out last week.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Tony Kalo from the Finger Lakes. All right, we'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll uh, get back into the uh, Keeneland recap and uh, maybe hit on a little Santa Anita stakes action from yesterday as well. Stay tuned.
0: What if there was a way to become a better horse player? To have a better knowledge of the game? To be more successful? What if there were a way to take what you've learned, what you know, and make better decisions, better choices? In horse racing, knowledge is a powerful tool. Race results and replays, past performances and live streaming, wagering from all your digital devices. Capital OTB. Become a better horse player. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform. And best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, any time at CapitalOTBBet.com, And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play
1: capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices. Which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku, try it now. Now, some of the stakes action yesterday from keeneland the first lady uh three quarters of a million dollars for the uh phillies and Mares going a mile i liked in italian the betting public like in in italian 45 cents to the dollar but in italian upset in the diana at 35 cents to the do- dollar by seven to one uh white beam a, a chad brown runner so in the diana in the last start for both In Italian and White Beam, who were both in yesterday. Uh, in the last start, the other Chad Brown gets it done. And yesterday, In Italian goes off again at 45 cents to the dollar. In Italian, the number three horse. And the number one coming up and will get the victory by a head at 11 to 1 for Chad Brown and Peter Brandt. Same owners of In Italian. Uh, the chart margin again is ahead here, but 11 to 1 becomes quote-unquote, the other Chad Brown. So you wind up with $25 uh, in Italian, the big favorite, runs second. But again, it was Chad Brown and Peter Brandt running 1-2 in there. So the uh, Chad Zacta, uh got $47 and change. Uh, nice little <laughs> there for Chad Brown, who was winning this race for the sixth straight time. And I mentioned earlier... Uh, in New York, he won the Wea, uh with Mikulik for the fifth straight time, wins this race, the first lady uh, down at Keeneland for the sixth straight time. And so to they have that kind of a record and still come up with a, a $47 exacta running 1-2 out of your barn, that's pretty good. Uh, White Beam, who again won the Diane in the previous start, wound up running fourth. Evie Jets, who um, had uh, upset the Balston Spa at 29-1, to 1. At Saratoga was third. Uh, it, but it was a very good effort from uh, an Italian, just couldn't hold off the, the oncoming late rush of the uh, the barn mate. Tyler Gafflione on board for Chad Brown and uh, Peter Brandt, and a solid 105 buyer figure for Gina Romantica, um, who, again, the powerhouse uh, connections. Um, they just, you know, in Italian who has over two million million, seven seven wins and now 13 starts. But Gina Romantica um, with the purse yesterday has to be in the ballpark of a million dollars in earnings with only 10 career starts and five wins. So, uh, yeah, Peter Brandt uh, got back in the game uh, a few years back and it's been it has been quite a run. Uh, along with Chad Brown. Also yesterday at uh, Keeneland, again, two-year-olds uh, kind of highlighting the day uh, at the various venues, and two-year-olds faced off in the Grade 1 Breeders Futurity, um, $600,000 up for grabs. I like locked for uh, Todd Pletcher. Debuted up at Saratoga, ran third in the debut, had a little trouble in that race, came back at the one-and-a-half-turn mile up at Saratoga, and won very, very easily with a solid number. Um, so off of that third career start, had you know, was moving to two turns, but had the, the one-and-a-half-turn experience uh, in the mile. Uh, Locke looked very good to me, looked good to the betting public as well. 75 cent to the dollar, favorite, and Locke's going to be the number nine horse under Jose Ortiz. Irod Ortiz staying in New York, um, Jose Ortiz on board, locked had been on board the first couple of starts on that one, and uh, gets it done by half a length. Um, the Wine Steward runs second, um, and Generous Tipper runs third in here. Um, the Wine Steward was second choice, third, third choice. Awesome Road was the uh, the second choice. The Brad Cox trainee coming off a big debut win at Ellis. Awesome Road is the second choice. Disappointed a little bit, running seventh in the field of uh, eight, but locked no disappointment. Uh, 87 buyer. Again, the, the win, the mile win up at Saratoga was a 96, so regressed a little bit, but an 87 is still a very. Very solid number. This uh, was a points race as well, so grab 10 points for the Derby. Points given away uh, in these races, 10 on top, 5, 3, 2, and 1. Uh, it's a win and you're in for the uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile. And you can see going by their lake, going by the wine store. Luis Saez on board the wine store. Worth noting, Luis Saez got back uh, in the saddle at Keeneland the last couple of days and has been riding very well. Uh, after coming back from the uh, injury layoff. So congratulations to, to him and, and the team. Uh, Luis Saez, second there, though, with the wine steward. Um, looked pretty good. Luis Saez gave, gave a great ride, saved some ground with the wine steward, but Locke was just too good. So uh, nice two-year-old. We'll see how things progress as uh, that one moves forward. It's always a question mark. Good two-year-olds, do they become... Good three-year-olds, but certainly very potent connections to uh, rely on. And uh, finally, on the stakes side of things at Keeneland yesterday, it was the turf mile. And it was interesting, the the follow-up article uh, in the racing form to this race, uh, Joe Hirsch said, pitting the best U.S. turfer in uh, up to the mark, against uh a tough english invader in master of the seas master of the seas was that horse i alluded to earlier uh charles Appleby horse that came over and won the woodbine mile at part of a, a couple of nice performances from Appleby horses in recent weeks that seemed to have tilted to, towards uh, his horses earlier this year didn't seem quite as potent as in previous recent years but then the last few weeks that seemed to have changed so master of the seas Looked like a real and obvious player um, coming out of that win up at Woodbine. I put that one on top, but I did think up to the mark off the win, two back in the turf classic down at Churchill. The win last time in the Manhattan could be very tough uh, in here, despite the cutback to a mile. And that was the case. Up to the mark for uh, Todd Pletcher, Jose Ortiz on board. And as I noted, Jose Ortiz jumps on board this one with Irod staying in New York. Irod had been the regular rider of this horse But Jose uh, picks up the mount. Nice pickup. uh, Nice grabbing the substitute uh, to get the nose victory over Master of the Sea. Master of the Sea takes the lead here, and you think in a good spot, but just gets run down by up to the mark. Boom, nose victory, and it was up and down on the wire. And as uh, Marcus Hirsch said, best U.S. turfer versus a tough English invader. And a thrilling finish to quote unquote thrilling finish and he was absolutely right. Um, Todd Pletcher after the race noted and it noted how unusual it is and absolutely true. The uh, Rapolean Company runner up to the mark has now won consecutive Grade Ones at a mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter, and a mile. That that is quite an accomplishment, uh, no question about it. And Todd Pletcher. Boy, a nice weekend, and it's not over yet. He has nest today down at Keeneland, but first couple of days at Keeneland, Todd Pletcher, three Grade Ones: uh, when uh, Candied won the Alcibiades, Locked won the Breeders' Futurity, and uh, up to the mark, winning the uh, Turf Mile. So, boy, it was a, as I say, nice opening weekend uh, down at Keeneland for trainer Todd Fletcher. And, and, again, as I noted, it's it's not over. He uh, has some opportunities coming up a little bit later on today as well, which we, we will be covering um, on OTV Live a little bit later also. All right, let's take a quick look at some of the Santa Anita action because, again, this has Breeders' Cup potential uh, as well, and it includes the two-year-olds, and the two-year-olds are always – uh, fun to, to kind of pay attention to. We had John White on yesterday talking about these uh, races, and I mentioned the chandelier was a little bit interesting. And you get to these two-year-old stakes races this time of year, and typically they're pretty lightly racing. They can be coming off of maiden victories or a, a victory in a, a – another moved out of a maiden and got a stakes victory. Normally you look down, and they're all pretty potent, coming out of wins in their last start in one fashion or another. This race yesterday, the chandelier, only one horse was coming off of a win, and only a couple of horses had tried uh, two turns at this point in the career. Um, You know, Laurent looked uh, interesting, and uh, both uh, John White and I talked about that one for uh, Peter Erton off a couple of good performances. The betting public liked Laurent the uh lorent did not like the what the betting public was tossing out lorent as the 2 to 1 favorite ninth in the field of nine just uh came up empty in there but uh john white yesterday mentioned uh, Chattel, Chattelis, uh the, the gun gunrunner performer who won the career debut finished fourth in the uh, the delmar debutant but stretching out, seemed to appreciate the stretch out in career start number three, stake start number uh, two. Chatalis got it done. Betting public did uh, think that horse was very live, making third choice at three to one. We'll look at the number one Chatalis getting it done. Oh, oh, over number two Scalable Dua, who we mentioned uh, for Bob Baffert as a player yesterday, uh, comes in third. Uh, Scalable was one of the the two two-year-olds that had shipped west for. Uh, Todd Pletcher and Mike Rapoli, and again, Scalable, the number two horse, um, is running well up the rail and is going to grab second. So that's a nice performance, but no catching the winner. The chart margin there, a length and a half. Um, scalable, again, up the rail, gets the uh, second by a neck over the Baffert runner, Dua. Uh, so Chattelis, uh impressive in uh, the first time around, two turns in the stretch out. And I will say, I think Scalable Uh, That was a pretty good performance off a fifth-place finish in the debut up at Saratoga. So this horse not only came in as a maiden, was trying two turns for the first time, was stretching out for the first time, and that was a pretty good second. So we'll see what they have planned uh, for Scalable. But you'd have to think that they shipped out to Southern California and uh, tried the two turns at Santa Anita. You would think the— Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Philly will be on the minds of uh, Mike Rapoli and Todd Pletcher with uh, Scalable. But a nice, certainly on the minds of uh, Mark Glatt and Company um, with the winner, chattel, uh, uh Also, yesterday at Santa Anita, the Rodeo Drive. Ta- again, talked a little bit about that one uh, with John White yesterday. And... Uh, it's, it, it was uh, the Phillies and Mayors going a mile and a quarter on the turf. And, and we were both kind of taken with the three-year-old Aniset coming out of the wind in the Delmar Oaks for the third straight win since coming to North America. And as John noted, you know, this was a European import but hadn't tried the turf until getting to North America. I'd been on synthetic over in Europe, over in England. So came to North America, wins at Santa Anita on the turf, a couple of wins at Del Mar, including at Del Mar Oaks, but was moving back in against older company yesterday. And the older company that looked to be the, the real contender uh, in here was Didia, coming out of a, a string of, of her own very good performances since arriving from uh, uh, South America, uh, had been four for five, including nice stakes races since arriving, and as we'll see here in the stretch run, um, it will be Didia getting it done over Anaset. And we said yesterday, the the fun was going to be to see these two kind of square off and see who could get it done. Didia's the number six horse, Anaset's the number two horse. As it turns out, the older, the five-year-old, gets the best of the three-year-old in here by a length and three-quarters, but it was the two horses you wanted to, to show up running one, two. Juncture runs uh, third uh, for Brad Cox uh, shipping in uh, from uh, the Kentucky base. But Didia, uh, again, had come up from southern uh, South America and had run very, very well in the, uh, the five starts in North America and now adds another good performance. So since arriving from South America... Didia is now five for six with a close up second place finish and uh, adds the rodeo drive to the resume yesterday as well. And finally, uh, on the two year old scene on the boys' side of things out in uh, Southern California, um, we will see Mooth get it done here. You know, we talked yesterday. I thought wind me up was going, going to be potentially interesting for Bob Baffert at maybe a little bit of a price um, as the other Bob Baffert. Muth, uh, big winner in the career debut, and then uh, had a little bit of trouble but ran a, an okay second in the best pal in the second career start behind what looks like a very good runner, Prince of Monaco. Um so maybe, I said yesterday, maybe, you know, it's tough. Come out of a maiden and then step into a stakes race uh, like that. So maybe that second start was better than than it might be given credit for, particularly given that Prince of Monaco then ran well subsequently. So Muth may just have further flattered uh, uh, Prince of Monaco yesterday. And Muth may have been flattered in that second-place finish last time behind Prince of Monaco given that Prince of Monaco ran well subsequently. And that all turned out to be the case. Um, Prince of uh, uh, Muth, $2 million purchase. And reading the, the follow-up article, Muth is uh, the name of a friend of Bob Baffert's. And when the owner of the horse, uh, you know, when they, I think they realized, hey, we got a pretty good horse, Bob Baffert said, hey, i got a great friend, he's a big fan, he's a fan of all your horses in my barn be a lot of fun to name the, the horse after him and the owner said uh, go ahead it, it's in your hands and so uh, that <laughs> that has got to feel pretty good to uh, be a friend of Bob Baffert's be a big racing fan and wind up having a two million dollar auction purchase named after you and then wind up being pretty good and being a grade one winner heading into the Breeders Cup Juvenile so we'll take a look at the uh, American Pharaoh here it'll be number two Muth getting it done, and uh, chart margin, a convincing three and three-quarters lengths, almost four lengths as the two to five favorite. That said, at nine to one, wind me up the other Baffert, the four horse, does wind up running second. So you have a Bob Baffert exact uh, uh, in there at uh, $19 with the uh, $2.80 horse on top. So, again, uh, we talked about... That uh, combo yesterday. Bu the horse that ran third there, the sixth horse, that was the other Pletcher Rapoli runner that uh, came out and uh, tried the two-year-old two-turn races out at San Anita. You know, not a bad finish. Uh, certainly, you know, eight some lengths behind the winner, five lengths behind the second-place finisher, but well clear to the fourth-place finisher. Only the third career start for Bu, first first time around two turns. So, you know, again, we'll see what they have planned for that one. I think the horse that ran second in the Chandelier is more likely to, to go on to a Breeders' Cup race for Fletcher and Rapoli maybe than this one, but it's Mike Rapoli. So if the opportunity is there to move on, uh, maybe does, but we'll see what happens with BU. But I think certainly the, the, the top two uh, Bafford horses, Muth, you know, is going on given what they paid and the talent we've seen so far. Wind me up, um, only the second career start. We'll see what uh, is in store for that one. But I think with the performance yesterday... Nice little two year old in the Baffert barn as well. So, uh, there was a look at the uh, stakes action yesterday. As noted, uh, plenty of Breeders' Cup implications going forward, but nice performances in and of themselves. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to remind you um, pulled up the PPs that it's another big day up at Woodbine. Uh, the EP Taylor is today up at Woodbine. Three quarters of a million dollars. Grade one event, mile and a quarter uh, on the grass. Um, Feb Rover is in there for uh, Mark Cassie, the winner of the Beverly D. Going back to the middle of August at Colonial, but subsequently ran fourth in the Canadian up at Woodbine. um, What? uh, Yeah, early part of uh, September. With the Moonlight uh, is in here for Charles Appleby. Amazing Grace uh, comes up from... Working at the Oklahoma for uh, Christophe Clement, Uh, Moira certainly going to attract some attention. Again, that was last year's Queen's Plate winner who uh, seemed to get back into very good form, winning the Canadian last time. Nice field of uh, 10 scheduled in the E.P. Taylor this afternoon at uh, Woodbine. Grade 1 Canadian International also on the card today uh, up at Woodbine. Um, Also looks like an intriguing field, a field of eight in here. Uh, Dyna Drive uh, for Mike Maker comes in off a second-place finish in the Colonial Cup. uh, Last time, Uh, Nation's Pride, another Charlie Appleby European invader, comes in off a win in a Group 1 over in Germany uh, last time at Hamo for Chad Brown. Ran third in the Arlington Million, middle of uh, – August, um, Chad Brown, Mataket, Michael Dubb and, uh, company, uh, with that one. So again, another nice, uh, stakes race on the card, uh, this afternoon up at Woodbine. And you also have the New a uh, grade two sprinters on the turf today. So again, some really nice and, uh, potent uh, action north of the border at Woodbine, uh, Stakes wise, with uh, some grade one action as well. Just wanted to alert you if folks weren't uh, aware that that was coming up. Pay attention. Great racing at Woodbine this afternoon as well. Don't forget today at the Clubhouse Racebook, we have a $100 Winabet contest. Come on down and uh, give that a shot. And maybe you come up with a little extra something with the $100 Winabet contest today at the Clubhouse Racebook. And as usual on a Sunday, it's a football Sunday. Come on down, put your name on one of the squares. Maybe you win a little extra prize. That'll always, always be a lot of fun. And uh, you can watch all the NFL action and all the racing action right here at the Clubhouse Racebook. Maybe grab a little lunch as well and have a fun time. Seven Eleven Central Avenue in Albany. All right, I'm looking up at my monitor and they say coming up, Talking Horses with uh, Andy and Maggie. So we'll wrap things up on this edition of Racing Across America and send it down to New York and Go to their pregame, get some ideas, uh, Belmont at Aqueduct 4 this afternoon. That's one of the tracks I'll be looking at, as well as Keeneland. Probably pull up a little uh, Saratoga Harness uh, as well for a a Sunday afternoon. All of that coming up in probably about an hour and a half or so. OTV Live for a Sunday afternoon. So we appreciate your tuning in this morning. Always uh, like to have you on board for Racing Across America Saturday and Sunday mornings. And we hope you tune back in a little bit later on for OTB Live on this Sunday afternoon. We'll see you then.
0: You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital
2: Off-Track Betting.